0: Hello and welcome to another episode of My Best 11 Podcast. This week, what myself and Marv have decided to do is to split the Graham Alexander episode into two parts. The first part, will be focusing on uh, Graham, a little bit about his history, and also going into um, his goalkeeper and defenders. Then what we'll do is we'll split the second half, release in a few days' time, which will be focusing on his um, midfielders, strikers, and also a few more stories about his time um, as more a player. So listen up, listen in, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it.
1: Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at My Best Living Pod or Pod at gmail.com. Thank you.
0: Welcome to another episode of my best 11 podcast. Today we are joined by um, a player who's played um, over a thousand games. And when I was doing my research earlier, he is the 22nd player. He's the 22nd highest player to play the number of games ever in the world of professional football. So managed to keep himself very, very fit. And he's played for a number of clubs, mostly up in the north northwest of England. And he's managed gone on to manage a, a few clubs up in that region as well. But we'll get onto that in a bit. Today we are joined by Graham Alexander. Graham, how are you? I'm good, thanks.
2: Great, great intro. Thank you very much. Make me sound half decent.
0: <laughs> and talking of half decent, we also have a half decent Luton legend with us as well. As ever, my co host Marv. How are you?
1: Hi morning, Andrew. I mean. Good evening to you, Andrew, and good afternoon to you, Graham. Um, um excited to have um, another ex-teammate of mine on, and a top, top player at that as well. Definitely,
0: I can't wait to hear how we were just talking off air, and he's he was saying he's got over a thousand teammates. He's he's had to try and pick. So, um, any any teammates out there who aren't who aren't in this team, please feel free to get in contact with um, Graham directly. <laughs> Um, I'm sure he will be more than happy to have a chat. Um, but what we like to do is um, we'll just launch straight in and we'll go. I know you've been managing recently, um, only obviously um, up to a few weeks ago. The first thing we like to start with is formation, which would be quite intriguing to see if you go for your manager's formation or you've gone for something different to try and to try and shoehorn eighty-five strikers in, like some of the people we've had on here.
2: No, yeah, it's um, it is actually the the formation that I I, I was just using uh, just recently at Salford, but it's. It's one that um, I had success in at Burnley as a player, uh, playing in it. And it's, uh, I think when I'm thinking about the players i played with, trying to get a, a balance across the, the three areas, you know, defensive side of midfield and the attacking, the 4-3-3 sort of lends itself to not overloading with defenders, not overloading with strikers, but a good balance of defence, midfield and, a, and attack, which... Even then, trying to squeeze players into it was was difficult. But um, I think uh, it's a it's a good formation to defend, well press, and and to attack.
0: Excellent. So we'll get straight in then. We'll start off as as logical goes. We'll start off with um, goalkeeper. Now those people who um, don't know too much about Graham, he's played for Scunthorpe, Luton, Preston twice, and Burnley, um, as well as. Um, 40 caps for Scotland, which is a fantastic achievement for any player to be capped by their country. So they're the types of teams we're looking for. Um, so just to give people, as we go through as ever, have a guess because Graham's going to give us a few clues for each um, each position. Uh, but they're the teams you're looking out for and trying to trying to trying to get your mind thinking. Those people listening on the car or on the queue. so goalkeeper over to you, Graham.
2: Right, goalkeeper number one. Um, very important position. It's uh, vital. Um I think not just as a an, an individual, but I think it supports the players in front. You know, where uh, Marvel tell you as a, an ex defender and, and myself, I think when you know you've got a safe pair of hands, a good goalkeeper behind you, it actually adds on to your game as well and gives you it gives you strength and you confidence and, and um I was quite fortunate I felt played with and in front of decent goalkeepers right throughout my time and even when I go back to, to Luton, you know, um the, the goalkeeper I'm gonna choose is from my time at Preston. But you know, I have to give honourable mentions to to Ian Foyer, who I thought was a fantastic goalkeeper when he came in at Luton and, uh, and Kelvin Davis. I thought, you know, for the three and a three and a half years that I played to play in front of those two go- I think um we had full confidence in both of those behind us. Different characters, different personalities. But um, top guys I played him, Craig Gordon for Scotland was uh, an absolutely top keeper. But the one I'm going to choose is I played with at Preston for two years. He uh, he came in from the Premier League, six three six, could kick the ball, could brilliant save. haven't got it, great, great it. Uh, personality. Great. Um he actually, as a little clue, he was my goalkeeping coach in my last job at Salford. Um, and the reason I'm picking him is because when he came in for the two years at Preston we'd been under a bit of pressure for the previous couple of years and finished mid-table in the Championship and um, we brought up the players. who's was one of them for the next two years defensively we were unbelievable as a team and, uh, and he, he still holds a record I only found this out about a month ago uh, I was part of a back four as well but he holds the record and it's still the, the record the least amount of goals conceded in a Championship season yeah.
1: Really, Andrew, you got it, Andrew. I haven't
2: got uh, it. I want to guess Roy Carroll, but I don't think. No, yeah, that didn't pay. It's um, Carlo Nash. Carlo yeah. Nash. Was yes,
1: well, yeah, City?
2: Yes. Yeah. Man City. Yeah, he's at Man City. He, he's been a, when he left Preston, he was um, number Millwall? two at various Premier League, but uh, uh, Everton, Stoke, Man City. I think before our time, Crystal Palace. So he, he was a top goalkeeper, right? and he, he was in the championship playing for us for two years, he was a Premier League goalkeeper. You know what I mean? It was, um, he had absolutely everything, as a, as a top goalkeeper should. And uh, fantastic character and personality off it. Great lad. Um, and that's when I got this job. He'd just left his previous one. I brought him in as the goalkeeping coach at Salford because because um, I knew that the goalkeepers would progress under him and, and look up to him and, and see him for what he was. And uh, he was a top goalkeeper. What about with his feet? Was he good, good with his feet as well, Grace? You know what? It, it wasn't. It was a different game, Obviously, now it's like they're basically the 11th outfield player. So it, that wasn't expecting but he was, he was good enough to be able to bring right. back, you know, and, it, and you wouldn't be frightened and worried about it. And, you know, he could, he could play it long and um, but well and aim it, you know, and, and target certain areas. It, but, it, you know, when you look at the goalkeepers now, I don't think any goalkeepers from 15, 20 years ago play like they do now. You know, it was well, just... I
1: mean,
2: Kel's weren't bad, though. Kelv wasn't bad with his feet. Kel Jelly. Kel, Kel sort of fancied himself as a bit of an outfield player as well, didn't he? You know, and, and thought he could probably do it better than us. So, uh, you know, he's he's probably. I think that's probably why he went on to have the success he had at Southampton yeah. and, and his other clubs. You know, because I think he was ready for that sort of shift in in football. You know, becoming into you know a, an eleventh outfield player, and I think he was young when he got into the team at, at Luton and, and still, um, you know, open enough to. Expand his game and, and be able to use his feet. So, you know, I think that's it, probably helped him get to the level he did and, and continue to play there. So, uh, yeah, that, that would have helped. You know, you, but it, that was quite a rarity. I would have thought Marvin, our time as players, yeah. having a goalkeeper that was so cool because it was just never expected of them, really, was it? You know, to be no. you know, over center forward's heads or, you know, stuff like that. It, it just, it just never happened. And you, you certainly never got goalkeepers passing it to the center half from a goal kick inside the box. As you, as you see all the time now, you know, it, it does gone, but that was just unheard of back in when we played to be
0: Yeah, I mean, how, how much has that changed? Um, like you say, compared to when you were, um, in terms of the amount of training you spent um, for a goalkeeper, obviously you were playing as defender, um, was a lot of it back when you were playing more about position hmm. and the goalkeeper was kind of separate. Eh? I know when I, I used to play as a kid, I used to be kind of separate off and then used to kind of come in for game situations, but are they much yeah. more part of the, now, obviously, you've been manager. Are they much more part of that?
2: Yeah, they, yeah, they are. They, they, um, they tended to go out probably half an hour before us um, and get all their technical work in, you know, with the goalkeeping coach. And then as soon as we got through our warm-up and maybe a little bit of possession, but even then, this season, we've actually brought them into our our possession sessions as well. You know, and have them actually in the, the boxes or anything like that, because we wanted to use them as, a, as an 11th player. And... Um, you know, the, the goalkeeper we had at Salford and is still there obviously was fantastic with his feet. It was one of the reasons we wanted to sign him. And um honestly you could he, you could put him in without gloves on and, and just a normal kit on and, and you wouldn't notice the difference. Mm. Honestly, he, he was he, he's that comfortable on the ball. So we had to you we wanted to use that and utilise it. So but we didn't want to separate him from all the sessions we did. So we, we wanted to get him in, A, to to sort of get better at it, but B to show the outfield players that this guy can play you know so yeah. they, they brought that trust and say well he joins in he, he never lets us down so in the games we'll go back and use him and then make the angles and build up the attacks again so it's, it's, it's probably one of the biggest shifts I, I remember I was me and Marv were still players when the back pass were all changed yeah. and you, you know it, you used to get a clap off the crowd when you have time wasting like run back get a back pass pass it back you pick it up and it'd be a little bit of applause and yeah. <laughs> there's so much dead time in the game and, um, you know, that, but that change, a rule where they couldn't pick it up, it killed our a goalkeeping yeah. return. I mean, it, it was, it, it really spooked them, a lot of them. And um, I think yeah, that was a big shift in it. But now, you know, with, I think it's with the introduction of the, um, you know, the Guardiolas and the Klops and that into the, the Premier League and
0: using the goalkeeper as another uh, player. I think it's yeah. just, as it's as a it rule comes, change as well, hasn't it? The rule's changed. She can now take possession inside the penalty area. Yeah. That's the. I think no, that's that, the that, big that, one. Whereas you're never allowed to touch no. it till it went outside.
2: No, that, that's right. And I think that's now that's for centre halves to get used to. You know, because that, <laughs> yeah. that was you know, it, it, it. really is. Honestly, there, there's there's players out there centre house that are like, I'm not sure about that. You know, and they're, they are I'm dropping in, but don't give it me. Sort of look. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: What, you know, so what, what look would you give him, Marv? Would you give would you you must have loved this if this would have been your time? Oh yeah, I would've you have loved I, I, it. I mean, of bring it on.
1: Bring it on. Yeah, I would've I would I would I mean again, I think as Graham explained, I mean, in our time at Luton, I mean, that, one of the big things for us was was playing. I mean, we wasn't it wasn't that much like empathized about oh, we need to play this way, we need to do this, get the ball here. It to be fair, Lenny during our time he just let us play, didn't he, Graham? He just let us yeah, play. Yeah.
2: I, I think that's the. Look, it's 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 one where I still have this issue with with um, coaches, players, whatever it is. But there's there's a lot of the decision making has has been taken away from the players. And I think look, can you get on the ball? If you can get on the ball, great, because we want you to get on the ball. But if not, then you're not still going to receive it, to, you know, because oh, that's how we play. That that's a, the way I see things. You know, you want to get on the ball. I, I was a defense. Mar, you know, Matt's right. I think the time. You know, when it came to Luton, it was a jump up for me in two two levels, going from the the old fourth division to championship. But you know, Luton was renowned for how they played, and and you know they had uh, ball centric players playing at the back. You know, Marv was one who was comfortable on the ball. Steve, when when he you know obviously joined at the same time as me, Mitchell, people, Mitchell. That, yeah, they would take the ball. So it it was okay. It was comfortable, and I think Luton, if we had gone to what it is now, I think we'd have been comfortable with it you know, to go like that, we'd have gone, yeah, we can handle the ball, we can take the ball. So I think um, it we would have been one of the clubs that would have been okay with how the game is now, to be fair. Um But it's a, it's a big shift. Now, and I think it's a good I think it's a good one, to be honest, because I, I don't see any reason why. There's a lot of goalkeepers, I think. They probably started out as a centre forward at the age of nine or something, yeah. or midfield at 13, and then gradually. So they've all got some sort of ball skills. And I think... Um, I think it's. I think it's certainly added to the the game. To be honest. Oh yeah, excellent. definitely,
0: excellent. So moving on to right back um, or left back, whichever one you prefer.
2: And no, obviously you can
1: you Rob, can pick yourself. Yeah, no one's I picked himself yet, though. But listen, with all They're the not, appearances you've had, I mean, no, yeah. no one would argue with that. To be honest. Right, hold on, mate. I'm just
2: going to make a change. <laughs> <laughs> This player was unbelievable, by the way, <laughs> so, now, and, and um, he's
0: and he's captain as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So um, no, I, honestly, I didn't even cross my mind about putting myself in. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, um, and I'm gonna go right to left. You know, traditional one, two, three, and all that sort of thing. So not 100. percent You will not know this player. Um, oh, this is this is what I like a challenge. I like this. I like yeah, this. He, he was he was a fullback at my. First club Scunthorpe, um, he played there for ten years. Um, when I joined, he'd probably been now about maybe four years, five years already. Um, and he's probably the first player when I when I joined the the, um, the professional ranks that I looked up to as a, a player in, in the same position. Um, I saw how he trained, I saw how he went about his business, I saw the ability that he could have in, in the game, and um, and he was one that. You could actually approach and talk to and marvel tell you you know back then in the 80s you know there was a there was a sizable gap between apprentices and pros and basically you try to stay out of their way as much as possible um, and any that were approachable or you know said kind words to you or any anything like that or even communicated with you in a positive way you sort of you became attached to him and you wanted to listen to him and this this guy for me was, was all that for for me and uh, and then when i broke through into the first team maybe 18 months two years into my time then you know he, he lived local i lived in scud we actually um used to go out for a beer every, every now and then probably twice a week you know you know it was back back then but um but he, he was just uh he, he didn't reach you know great heights in the game um you know as in the levels nothing but the, the, the qualities of consistency, he could play with both feet. He was, he was tough. He trained every single day. He loved the social side with the players. He was just like a, pl- a player's player. That's how I'd say it. Right. You know, We'd you know, talk about other players. All the players yeah. would talk about this guy, you know, because of how he was in the change room, on the pitch, in training. And that, for me, was, was um, a great sort of an introduction to, if I'm going to be a pro, if I'm going to make it to pro, I want to sort of follow his his way because he he was good on the pitch, good in the change, good in training. And, I'm still and, and,
1: struggling, but like, did he stay there his whole career? Yeah,
2: he he, he actually he actually retired. That's come because he broke his leg. Um, he broke his leg and was out for a considerable amount of time, and he found it tough to get back after that. And I think uh, he got offered a, a job within the club and sort of saw it as that way. But um, you honestly, you you won't. You won't know him. It's, um, no, no, it's a lad called Paul Longdon, and um, no, I think he was a, a Barnsley lad. I think um, I think scumped up signing from Barnsley. But He was one of those old school players that his, his shin pads were about so, so you know like that tiny, <laughs> you know, no, nothing in there. To, yeah, a lot. I've got my pads. It was just to get past the rule that he had to wear pads, and he just went in for every single tackle. Never shirked anything. Could go on his left foot, right foot. He was only he was only probably five nine, something like that. But I just I just used to. I love being around him as an apprentice, but I love watching him and, and how he trained and everything
1: like that. And I just thought he was a great um, sort of role model for it. Who, who, would, who, who would you sort of like compare him to now with someone who I might know, how he played at like sort of fingers?
2: Would you yeah, say? It's it like, uh, do you know what it was like? It was like, um, you know, Mitch was, well, he, play, he played a lot of left back, even though he was right front. Right. And Mitch was the same running. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Right foot, but yeah, played left back, and and I did the same when when I, I played the majority of my games for Scotland at left wing back. You know, nice. and it's something that I, I was always quite comfortable. You know, playing with my left foot as well and right foot, even though I was mainly right foot. And I always used to like those players that could just play off either foot and just just be a, a player's player, and that's what he was really. And, and I thought, you know, if you look at him statue wise, probably like I, I don't know, um, trying to think really because he was. Every, I think everyone would describe him probably who just watched him play as a steady Eddie. Right. But he was more than that. Do you know what I mean? Because his consistency was brilliant. His fitness was great. He loved to drink
0: with the lads. You know, it was you know, it's just yeah. an old school player. You know what I mean? A bit more like a Seamus Coleman these days or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah,
2: probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because not it, not
0: necessarily I mean, known for bombing on, but um, no likable character.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think look the the fullbacks in 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 the fourth division, late eighties. I wouldn't say bombed on and overlapped. It wasn't that sort of game. You play through up support and cross into the box and stuff like that. But he never scored. That was another thing. The only thing that, you know, for for 10 years, it was like, it was a big thing like that. He'd never scored like, but he just did his job. And I know it's not like, it's not like I'm looking at a, a world star and going on—that's oh, what I aspire to be. But it was just a—it a, was just real and proper. And, and, that, that's and that's the beauty of
1: it. It's your team. You you pick who you want. That's why. That's why it's great yeah. to hear. It. It's your team. Yeah. That,
2: you know, there'd be other stars in the team. You know, I, I remember the, my first, uh, my first season the first team. We got to the playoff final and um, at Wembley against Blackpool. It went to penalties, and uh, and he was—I think he was either first or second. And I just—I just remember it. He just—he went up, and and we were actually going which foot is he going to take it with? Do you know what I mean? It, you know, we were like, we'd never see him in practice or anything like that. So, he just went up, side so foot and in uh, and he walked back to the halfway line and apparently he went, piece of piss. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, it was so, it was just him all over. You know what I mean? He just walked yeah. back from Wembley, and just said that. That was the only three words he said when he came back. And it was like, the thing was, I was the fourth penalty taker and I walked up and I missed and the keeper saved it. And uh, <laughs> So, so I'm like, I'm walking up going, oh, longy says it's easy. You know what I mean? Thinking, <laughs> like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'm I'm 19, I'm gonna score and score at Wembley and all this sort. And unfortunately for me, the keeper saved it, and we didn't we didn't get promoted, we lost them. My my, my uh, roommate, my best mate, was um next up and he missed as well. And we, we didn't go up. But I just wow. that was him. If you if you see him walking up, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna take pan, walked up, put it in there, walk back. It was that sort of understated quality yeah. that. That I loved about
0: him, but it's um,
2: yeah, this oh, fantastic. The, the Scunthorpe fans will, will remember
0: great to so move on to left back, then
2: yeah, left backs. Uh, it's a there it was a difficult one, you know, obviously, Mitch was quality when when um, when I would come down to Luton, you know, and played at a, a real high level, and then uh, yeah, I listened to Steve's. Podcast, you know, he said he obviously played with him at Burnley as well, and he played at centre half, which, to be honest, you know, all so good, but you know, um, he was he was a top left back, and but it, it comes down to me between two lads that I played with at Preston, and I've, and I've had I've had a couple of um, times when I've had to speak about teams, and I, this is my most difficult choice between these two because i I'm really good mates with both of them. Um, I've, I, I, um, I've roomed to them both. I still speak to them both. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, I lived two doors down the road from one for 6 years until he left. And we were, we were best mates. The other one uh, became real good mates with him and still am. But uh, one was Rob Edwards, who was, and, and I'm going to choose another player instead because when when I joined Preston, Rob joined Preston a couple of months later. We both were the fullbacks, but both our previous seasons, apart from my last year at Luton, we'd been midfielders. But all our play at Preston went for us, sort of thing. So, but we weren't died-in-the-wall fullbacks. You know, we played hundreds of games. We we're more modified fullbacks, sort of thing. So, but um, but so I'm going to go for another left back who came in after, who was a genuine left back. Played all his career left back, Scottish international. Uh, played in the Premier League for oh. one, two club Blackburn and Leicester.
1: Yeah, I got, it. I got, I can't think of his name. Previous to,
2: um, previous to come to Preston, he played. I'm really jealous of the fact that he played in the team for Scotland that beat England at Wembley, and night. he played left back. was oh, that, uh, oh, that that
0: bloody game?
2: I can't think of. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 oh, didn't I mean. In, he came in for the second game, which is obviously Scotland. Um, he's currently a manager in the SBA for St. Johnston in his first <sighs> role. And he was recently assistant to Gary Howard um, until he, he was there. So um, As soon as
1: you say it, I know, I mean, I ain't going to get, I can't think of his name, but I know, I, I know who you're talking, I can see him, I can see his face, but I can't, I'm, I can't think. Andrew? Yeah, I played
2: Man. with him at Pre- Preston and, and with Scotland, so it's
1: uh, Calvin <gasps> Davidson. That's, oh, that's the one. Yeah. When you said yeah. Blackbird, I can see his face. yeah.
2: Yeah, played for, he was, um, played for Blackburn in the Premier League and then Leicester in the Premier League as well. And um, to be fair, he, if it weren't for injuries, he probably went to Preston in the Championship. Yeah, he was a proper, loved one-on-one, very difficult past, quick, strong. But he was a, a modern full-back, as he would bomb on, you know, and, and get beyond in You know, and um, great lad, great trainer. He was just so unfortunate with, um, you know... You know he got he fought, he worked he got his way back into the Scotland squad while I was involved and um it was brilliant to have him with me because I, I was playing with him regular at Preston and from a lot and then but he got injured in his I'm sure it's twenty minutes he came back as well and it was just constant with him. He did everything professional should his body let him down um a few times but brilliant left proper left back. You know, like, you know, you what I've gone for with these two full backs are they love defending. Yeah they were hard to get past. I mean yep. but they could handle the ball and play with the ball and I think fullbacks since probably quite a few years ago but I think they've got playmakers as well now you know and, and certainly when I went to Preston you know I, I had my last year at the, because they got loaded a ball loaded the ball really so it was you know I, I'll be honest I, I didn't re- I wasn't really that massive on defending <laughs> you know what I mean I, did, I didn't go there because I loved one on one defending and stopping crosses I went there because I, I thought they got the ball and all else. You know, and started the attacks. so these two players because Callum Callum's a great guy uh, I still speak to him now he's <coughs> And first,
1: sure. we just so. We've well, we, we've spoke about this about um someone else who read on the other day. I don't want to um reveal his name because obviously um depending on obviously when we released it. Yeah. But we I've played obviously up fullback and I mean I, I wouldn't say I was like poor at one and one defence. I was okay, but my best form of defence was attack. So I used to just like get forward and join in yeah. as much as possible because like I said, I mean. At the end of the day, if you're attacking as a, a fullback, and then you obviously manager being a manager yourself, you wouldn't want your wide right person just standing up the field while I'm joining him, um, causing it, uh, creating attacks. So, I mean, no,
2: I think, I think um, I'll be honest. When I went to Preston, you know, because I, like I said, playing played last year at Luton at fullback because I I thought that was my best opportunity to play at a high level. I didn't I didn't think I was ever going to play at a high level playing at right midfield because I had no pace. I couldn't take people on. I, I could do a good job there for a team at a certain level. But I was I was never going to go higher than that. I knew that, you know what I mean. And, and I, I, I was determined to to try and get to a higher level. And I thought fullback was my best position, but it wasn't. It was for what you said, Matt, because I thought my best attributes were on the ball passing and stuff like that. So I think the, certainly when I went to to Preston, David Moyes just spent hours and hours and hours and a couple of years just making me defend. I think he actually put up with me rather than actually love me being there because he knew what I could give to the team on the ball rather right. than what he could do defending. You know, it, if it was just down to defending, he, he wouldn't have played me there and he wouldn't have signed me. I know, yeah. you know, because, it, 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 you know, he. but that was part of when when he signed me that he actually, he told me how poor he thought I was at defending. <laughs> See what I mean? He didn't, wow. he didn't hide it. You know what I mean? But I knew myself to get to a high level, I had to improve that side of my game so it was it was perfect for me. But
1: but, but didn't that show what, what I mean? I think he's a good manager. What that he's told you this, but still he had he didn't turn around and think, oh, I'm not gonna sign him because obviously he can't defend. I can right. make him a better defender. He yeah. he he was thinking that. Yeah, he, he he signed me for what I could
2: do for the team on the ball. That's what he, he he could see that. He said, but for him to play for me, I have to improve this side of him. And but he told me that before. I signed, so he, he didn't like sweet talk me into.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, you this, you that. He said, "Look, you're good on the ball, but I tell you what, you don't do well. You're lazy in your defending. You dive in. Yeah, you do, all this stuff. Like. And I was like, I was going pretty accurate at that. <laughs> <laughs> and At least
0: it shows he's done his research.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they watched me about. I think they watched me more times I actually played. So, um, you know, it was. Uh, it, I know they'd done a lot of scouting on me that that season from when I when I signed. Um, But he basically knew my game inside out, and he knew all my weak points. But yeah, I was 27. I'd only played one season above the bottom two divisions, and I knew I wasn't. I knew there was reasons why I wasn't playing at that that level. So I had to fill in the gaps, and I thought David Moyes was going to help me do that, and that's why why I went there. But certainly, it was it was a harsh lesson for the first two years I was there in how to defend properly. But I just. Uh, you know, like I said with Rob Edwards who played on the left side, he he played the previous. I don't I think that was his first time he'd ever played left back in, for Preston. So we were both quite similar. We were mid, converted midfielders to fullbacks, but because yeah. that's how he wanted his team to play. He wanted all out through the fullbacks and playing you know from the back, really, not you know, and and, and but he liked his traditional centre halves that could dominate be air, and yeah. you know defend the box. So yeah. I think to get that at League One level the the playing side and the dominant center out you're probably not going to get a league one so he went I'll go strong down the middle and I'll have my my ball players on the side and it worked it worked great for North End and it
0: worked out great for me to be. awesome so centre backs who've you gone for centre backs either or
2: <laughs> right um, I mean th- th- this is the hardest one because look taking away our current uh, leader in Marvin Johnson you know what I mean it's uh, no but do you know what when I came to you know I play I, I, when it was Scunthorpe, I played. You know, we're talking the old Fourth Division, and there were some gnarly old centre halves there that were, you know, proper, you know, just warriors, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, uh, and they were great. But we signed, we signed lad like Matt Elliott from Torquay. who went on to play for Leicester and Scotland, and I think we got him on. I don't know why, how we got him. I think he got into trouble at Torquay, but he signed. And it was just like, how are you in Division Four? He was like, it was, it was just frightening. I mean, he was. He could play. He was like Steve Steve Davis, yeah. but but like three inches taller. You know what I mean. And, and but playing at a lower, he, he cruised it. He was a fag on. So I played with him there. I came to I came to Luton. Obviously, Marv was there. A big a big one for me, being a Conji Conji lad, was Peaky Trevor peak being there. You know, I, I remember walking. You know, because it was what only eight years since I was at school. You know, supporting Coventry winning the FA Cup in eighty seven, which Peaky played in. And then I walked into change room and I was like, oh, that's Trevor That's, that's, that's Trevor Peak. <laughs> and, and 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 I was 23, you know, I weren't like a kid. I was 23, but I was like, and, and you know, looking at out of the corner of my eye, like, it was Peaky last. And it was like, you know, because he's a legend in Coventry. So yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? So I was I was really in awe of, of Peaky, to be fair. And he was, he was, you know, I think he was in his late 30s, probably, you know, 38 towards the end, but great lad, as Marth knows him better than me, you know, but um you know, we played with Marv the whole time I was there, three and a half years. Super. You know, what I mean, the Luton players. You know, who could handle the ball, play, yep. step out, and and that's I, I think that's what Luton saw in me when they signed me. That you know, I was in the fourth division. I could pass and and I think Luton always had a, a way of playing, didn't they, and a, an identity of a player. Put could the ball play. on the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so you know, though you know, Marv and Peaky were were good play, good players who played next to or in front of. Um, when I went to Preston, there was a lad called Michael Jackson, who's manager at Tramare now, who was 5'11 most. Um, unbelievable warrior, competitor, great pro. I, I learned a lot a lot of him, even though I was older than him. When I joined Preston, I thought that's how a pro really trains, works hard and comes out. I was I'm miles behind him as a pro. Do you know what I mean? As a professional. You know, I, I learned so much off him, but... And then when I went to Burnley, you know, played with Clark Carlisle, who had a, an awesome season at Burnley when we got promoted. But I've gone, I've gone for for two lads, um, different types, um, and I'll get on to the second one after. I'll go with the first one, who's going to play on the right hand side next to me if I was playing, but I'm not obviously. But if I was playing, <laughs> the one I, the one, the one I actually liked playing next to the, the most when I was a right back was. A lad who's really close to me, he's been working with me up until last week, my, my assistant at um, the three clubs I've managed. Um, he's. Uh, he joined Preston probably a year and a half after I did. I played next to him for six years. Uh, I still call him Skip, you know what I mean? Um, after all these years, um,
0: quiet leader,
1: not a big baller and shouter, but if you've got to not yet, no. I, I know, I can obviously I know, I
2: know, I know him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, he, he actually he's got the he's got the it's a it's a it's a weird thing. Like I only found this out like um, a couple of years ago, but he's got the record for the, the oldest English debutant in the Premier League. Um, I've got I've got the record for the oldest, but because I'm counted as Scottish because I played for Scotland, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm the actual the official oldest ever debutant in Premier League. Yeah, the i was to say that. He's the, he's the oldest English debutant in the Premier League. He, his his career sort of mirrored mine. He, he played at... We, we both started in the old fourth division. I was at Scunthorpe. He was at Rochdale and Halifax. Um, gradually fought our way up. He was actually in the... When, you know, when we went to, close to promotion, Marvin, yeah. the second year from League One, and we got beat by Stockport and Bury, didn't they? They finished yeah. top. He, he was playing at Bury at the time. He was, nice. he was one of their centre-halves there. Um, and then he came to Preston... Played with him for six years. He even moved on to Sheffield United and then to the Premier League. He's been my Chris. assistant. It's Chris. Well, I mean, because I don't think Andrew's going to get it. No, Chris Lacetti. Yeah. He's uh, he he. Um, what I loved about playing for it, I, I look. I gradually became a, a better defender as a fullback. I could always handle the ball. What I was always crap at was heading. Terrible. It weren't great. Yet. Couldn't compete. I could direct header, but I couldn't compete. I just. I don't know if it was I had no power in my legs to jump or anything, but I just so I loved center halves that I just went, yeah, you're 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 coming for that. And he loved doing that. It was like everyone get out of my way. I am coming to head this ball wherever it is within a 20-yard radius. And you're calling for um, him. That's Chris's. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm telling (laughs) you, Andrew, honestly, I swear, goal kicks, I'll be saying, Skip, this is yours. And and I would just like honestly, I would just go, I just go back off. And I and I sometimes center forwards would pull onto me and i would just hold them off, you know, a little bit of blocking and that, and he just come and he could edit back out for a goal kick, basically. He was, but he was like, I mean, probably one of the hardest men I've ever played, played with. Um, I remember an incident, an so I can say this on a podcast, can't I? It was like we played we played West Ham away, and um, and uh, this was at Preston, and it we beat them 2 1. And during the game, remember Marlon, Marlon Harewood sat forward, yeah, he was, um. One of, the, one of the other players, a winger called Chris Edgwick, he was really good with his mouth and chirp away and get under people's skin. And he got under his skin a little bit and all this stuff. But he weren't a fighter, Sedgwick. He. he was like, Pfft. it was all in his mouth. Anyway, at the end of the game, we beat them 2-1. And we're walking, we go to the supporters, we're walking back towards the tunnel. And as we're walking towards it, the, the lad's gone, oh no, no, Mal, and Edwards, Edward's waiting for me. Like, And, and you could see Mal, they stood just inside the tunnel at West at Upton Park. Just waiting. So, like, this lad's just sort of done a little moonwalk back into the group of the players, you know, <laughs> out, out of the way. And then, um, and, and, you know, Chris the was the captain of that, and just right, everyone in together, walking together. So, we all walked in, he was it. He just didn't say anything. It was just, <laughs> and it just got like, down. And like, at West Ham, you used to go downstairs the and then up the stairs to the top, and like, Everyone just piled down the stairs, and then they all came running out. And it was just, but it was like, that was him. It weren't like, listen, calm down, mate. It wasn't, yeah. listen, you're yeah. alone. It weren't like, it weren't like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, no, yeah. It just, <laughs> I'm sorting this out straight away. And it was like, wow. It, 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 but we it, but it didn't, you know, it weren't, after, weren't in the bar afterwards or on the bus. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Just sat there. No, and, no. You know, he's not that type of character, you know, like that. Come on, well, let's go well, just led by well, like example. you're
1: just saying there, Mar- uh, Marlon Hayward wasn't like standing there waiting to swap shirts, was he? That's what Chris worked. <laughs> no, no, no. no, he no. worked that. So no. at the end of the day, he's standing there for something.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He was like that, and you know, and you could tell by tell by his stance. This was what yeah. was going on, and, and all this sort. Like. So, but oh, that that's that stuff that used to go on back in the day. But yeah, you know, as, as a player, it was just like you know, you it'd you, be going out of the front, and you're like you you're just nodding your head going. Yeah, we anything like, and and that's what he was, and he was just a brilliant lad off the pitch. Great, uh, you know, you know, even, even the players that we manage now call him Skip. They've never played with him or anything, because I call him Skip, that's it, that's <laughs> him. And and what I loved about him was it was just I knew exactly what he was going to do, and I knew what his strengths were. He knew what mine were, and we complemented each other really well. And that and that's how uh, you know. And he he had a brilliant career getting to the you know. I was 37, I think, when I made my debut in the Premier League. He was 35 and a half. So we both worked exceptionally hard and stuck in yeah. there you know, to, to go through. And I, I think his mentality and, and focus on it is really good. And as an assistant for me, he's brilliant. Because if I ask him a question, he tells me the truth. If I say, was I a bit over the top yeah, there? Yeah. I think it could have been tougher. Or you could have done what mm. you should have done. But if I made the decision, 100% behind me and back to me. You know what I mean? It's, it, that, it's, um, it's great. Just a, prop, a proper bloke, you know, and, um, you know, it's it's one of them where, as a player, we played together for six years. weren't I wouldn't say that close, you know, we didn't go for a pint after just me and him, we were more on the team, but I brought him in and his uh, assistant when I went into coaching at Preston and we've just got to know each other even better after, since then and um, just a top guy. Top great, fantastic. Another centre-back. You're the centre-back, the centre-back now, I've put him on the left side because as a fullback, I wanted the ball, right? So I hated centre-halves that loved the ball as well because they didn't give it to the fullback. So I've put him over there because he would have the ball. <laughs> I know Chris Licati would get the ball and give it to me and go get on with it. But this player loved playing with the ball, would step out. Just, I mean, people still call him. When when I, um, I played with him and uh, i I joined Luton on the same day as him. Um, didn't know him before that, but we were in the yep. same hotel. Um, got to know each other really well. He um, and we lived lived near each other for, for the next three and a half years. Um, but I played with him at, at Luton the whole time he was at Luton. He he, he left about a couple of months. And um, when I joined, when I went to when I left Luton, but when I I eventually signed for Burnley eight years later, he was a coach there and. I walked in and, and then speaking to the players, and they all called him Skip, and it was like, I've just been calling someone else Skip. I can't call him Skip as well <laughs> because I already knew I already knew him by his yeah. name." Well, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm sure I know Marvel Marvel. Well, everyone,
1: I think everyone knows it's Steve. Yeah, I think everyone knows yeah. Steve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Steve
2: Steve Davis. Um, you know, that that he was. I mean, he was great in the air, brilliant on the ball, could score goals. But if the ball come in your box, he was going to go and head it, he gonna block, and he was gonna make tackles. Um, probably similar to Chris Lacetti in quiet people off the pitch, unassuming, you know, not big shouters in the change room, I, I didn't feel, which I actually quite liked, because I, I like I like leaders who are, are sure and calm. And you know, I, I, th- I think there's a there's a um there's a, a place for the the scrap, the the shouters and the screamers in the change rooms. I like it when I was in a change room that you could hear that. I, was, I wasn't one myself that liked to do that, but I liked to hear there was an atmosphere. But these two guys weren't really like that. But like I said, with Chris Vichetti, I think when Steve was leading you out, you'd been on your head behind him going, there's a bloke there leading leading us out into whatever we're going to face next. And um, But put, I have purposely put him on the left because I didn't... Until my last season at Luton, I was playing in midfield so, and out on the wing, so it was... And when I went to right back and I, and I went back right back for a certain reason, if he had the ball, he would just go off amazing through the middle of the pitch. And I'm like, no, give me the ball. And he'd be like, no, I'm going off with it. You know what I mean, Marvin? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To, to be fair, you know what I mean, with you, with, with Mitch, with me, with Steve, we could all handle the ball at the back. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't like we'd just shift it onto the other one that you, you deal with. It. It's all, yeah. we wanted the ball ourselves. You know what I mean? So, um, and st- that's what that's what I found with Steve. Like, you know what I mean? i want on the ball, but he, he's just as good. On it. You know what I mean? And he's just going off, and uh, he was brilliant, though. You know, he was, I mean, I've I, I become great mates with him. Like he, he lived in my house for a few months while he was waiting for his place. And um, my wives got to know each other really well. And then when I when I actually, you know, he left. I think he left two months before me to go back to Burnley. And um, you know, I, I I was leaving Luton a couple of months later, and, and I, I actually went and spoke to Burnley at the same time because I think Steve had spoken to Stan Turner about. About my abilities or qualities or whatever, and it was a big, it was a big pull for me to to go to to Burnley, Steve. Really, because I thought, well, I'll be playing with, I've got a ready-made best mate there, and I'll be playing with a good player. And he, he sold me what Burnley was as a club, and which I found out later in my career was all true. Um, but like like the the reason I said before, I, I joined Preston because of David Moyes and what he said to me, and yeah, you know, I did I didn't want to go to Burnley because I've got a really good mate there, and I'll, I'll enjoy myself. I wanted to go to a club because I wanted to get higher and, and play hot. I wanted to improve and I felt my best opportunity doing that was going to Preston. So, um, you know, I turned them down, obviously, but, I, you know, obviously, I was 20 miles down the road from Steve, so we continued to like see each other now and then and, and play against each other and everything. And then, um, you know, eight years later when, you know, he was a coach at Burnley. He rang me up out of, would you fancy into Burnley if uh, we can do it? And all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it was it was a bolt out of the blue because i never envisaged leaving Preston at the time. But then obviously I joined Burnley and Steve was a first team coach. And it was brilliant, you know, because it was just... I could see how good he was on that side of the line as well. You know, I'd only seen him and known him as a player. And then to see him on the coaching side and how he got on with the players and how he communicated things, it was brilliant. And then, you know, one of the proudest sort of moments I had at Burnley for the success that we had later was, unfortunately, the, the manager who signed me, Steve Cottrell, lost his job. And Steve took over for one game. I'm sure it was Leicester away. I hope I'm not wrong. And, you know, it was a big day for Steve. I think I was captain on the day as well, and we won 1-0. And I was, just, honestly, I was so, so happy for him that, you know, because it was his club, Burnley, you know, and he such a big thing. And I know now as a, as a manager, how big that chance would have been or that opportunity just to manage his one game. And we won it. And it was, you know, and I was captain as well. It was just, I was like, honestly, I was just hugging him afterwards. Like, going, I was buzzing for him, like, you know, because I was just like, <laughs> So pleased for him, you know what I mean? Because I knew what he—he never did. He never said how much it meant to him. Because that was Steve, you know. He, he never talked about himself. No. Anything like that, it was all about whatever. But I knew what that moment would have meant to him, and it was there. Uh, it was brilliant. And um, you know, and then even even then, when I became a manager, I spoke to Steve um, numerous times, and I uh, eventually brought him in as my head of recruitment um, at Fleetwood, which he um, was fantastic Uh, you know he was he was he was out coaching at the time I think he'd had a tough time for a couple of balls and stuff and um, I knew he knew football he knows football inside out doesn't he He knows players and And then you know fortunately we brought him in as the head of recruit brilliant job there and um, obviously I moved on but he stayed there and then he's he's moved on to Everton brilliant absolute you know football football man through and through I mean
1: we're touching it a little bit on it later on but what at what point, Gres, did you actually think that I mean, you wanted to be a manager? Was it during your playing career or was it way before? Um, whenever it,
2: well, it wasn't the managing side, it was coach coaching 100%. You know, when I, I got to about the age of 30, um, 31, and obviously, you know, when you're in your 30s, everyone's writing you off straight away, man. it's like well, you know, pensions <laughs> around the corner, and all that sort of stuff, and stuff. so I think, yeah, I better start thinking about that. You know what I mean? I just love football. All I want to do is football. So, right, I'm going to start my, my qualifications. And, um, you know, because I played so long until I was 40, I was fully qualified by the time I finished with Pro License. Um, the, my initial uh, sort of ambition was to be a coach. I just, I, I, I want to be out on the training. And I still feel like that now. I think if someone told me, right, for the next 20 years, you're going to be a coach working professional football, I, I would... Happy with that? I'll be concerned with that because that's the the joy I get from managing is being on the training pickup But the the management sort of came after. Well, it, it was a similar situation to Steve actually. Phil Brown got the sack at Preston in my last year, and they asked me and David Under to look after the team, and um, and I got the I got the bug in that. You know, I, I won we won our right. first game, hit Milton Keynes away one one nil, and it was a bit like Steve at that Leicester game, and I was like, and the the feeling was like. Wow, that was good, cool. yeah. you know. And and just, it just it grew from that really. Before that, I was just thinking about coaching, but then I got thrust into that role just for a month. It turned out to, and I was like, I think I can do that. And and actually, it took me out of my comfort zone completely, and I quite like like that.
0: On the same topic, obviously, left Salford. What are you looking to do now? Are you looking to have a few weeks off, get back into management, or are you wanting yeah. to get back into coaching? Get back on the yeah, training I ground.
2: Thought, <laughs> yeah, the training ground is where you know you. That, that's that's it. That's your, your day. That's why I, I love playing because I, I love training. You know, what I mean, I love training. I hate missing training. You right? I just love being out on that training pitch. You, you know, you're basically a kid every day. Out, you know, you are though. I, you oh know, seems, yeah. you, know, I, you know, people people ask me, you know, when I was playing, until I was forty. You know, how, how are you still playing? Why not? You know, <laughs> you
0: know When you because I, I can. That's why.
2: Yeah, because you, you when you're ten years old, what do you want to do? You want to go out and play football with your mates. Well, yeah. I I did that until I was forty. I was like, yeah, that's how I felt. That's how I genuinely felt. You know, I, I weren't one of these players that, you know, you know, I hear a lot of players and they go, yeah, I miss this, but I don't miss that. I don't miss I don't miss the training. I, I did. I, I, I love You know what I mean? So, I think, um, for me now, going forward, I just, uh, yeah, I, just, I want to get back into management. Of course, um, I think I've been successful in the, in the three clubs I've managed. I've had success at all three clubs. And, uh, yeah, I want it. But, unfortunately, in this job, you're waiting on the Demise or the unfortunate circumstances of somebody else, and that's the what this job is really. It's um, but yeah, it, look, I I know you know over the last what, eight years that I've managed three clubs, I've had success at all, um, and I, I want to continue doing that, and I want to do what I did in my, my playing career, and you know work my way up through the levels and and try and get to the highest level I can. It's uh, there's there's a it's the same sport, but it's a completely different. job playing and managing, it's a different world altogether, you know, you're playing career you basically spend 20 years thinking about yourself, and then you're managing career, you think about everybody else but yourself, and it, yeah. it's just completely night and day, you know, it's, it's black and white it's, it's completely different, but I love that because, you know, by the time I, I finished you know, I, I was an old player you know, I'd seen, done everything. now, as soon as you retire and go into management you're young again, you're starting at the bottom again you're a novice, You everything's New and I and think gives you a good energy and all that so yeah I'm looking looking to get back in uh, uh, as good a club as uh, I can
0: possibly. Awesome, excellent. Well, thanks very much for that. What we'll do is we'll pause there and then when we're back we'll hear from the midfield and the forwards for Graham Alexander.